0: Peace and blessings be upon you. Welcome to the Ta'leef Podcast, a space where we aim to provide content and connect our spiritual hearts with community, love, service, and prophetic wisdom. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless Sheikh Samira for just this giving us this detail-for-detail detail account of our beloved messenger of Allah alayhi to Repeat after me, and then inshallah we shall begin. I intend to learn and to teach to benefit and to be benefited to remind and to be reminded to call to the book of Allah and the sunnah of his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam to guide and to be guided by sound proof and correct knowledge to seek the countenance of my lord nearness to him and his reward Amin. We're also here by the intention to expose ourselves to the mercy of Allah, to expose ourselves to his maghfirah and his expansion and his generosity. We are by the intention to increase in knowledge and wisdom, to increase in nearness to the prophet sallallahu increasing in love for him and by that eroding any of the the barnacles on our hearts that prevent light from entering we're here by the intention to ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us amongst those that are pure that are steadfast that have istiqama we're here by the intention that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would save us from the torment of the grave and the punishment of the hellfire even for the blink of an eye bismillah so the last we meant alhamdulillah we were covering uh, the section, the early days of the Prophet وسلم, and how the, the, the early days of how the, those beginning Muslims, right, the small group of Muslims that initially the Prophet Sallallahu Called to his household, that he called to Khadijah radiAllahu ta'ala, and of course, as well as then to Zayd ibn Harith and Ali ibn Abi Talib, then to his friend Abu Bakr Siddiq radiAllahu ta'ala, and, and then those uh, nearby, some of his his friends, relatives, close people who were close to the Prophet wa And so initially, right, there was this. Uh, you know there was there was also kind of a, a secret call we know the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when we last met we had talked about how the, the muslims the small group of muslims were hiding in dar al-arqam right? which is amazing subhanallah this very young man is actually housing the prophet sallallahu alaihi and a few companions and initially I, I want us to understand what this this what it felt like it felt like a social reform movement Right, it felt like a very much a social activist movement that even in calling uh, <coughs> that even in calling people to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And this initial uh, understanding about who is Allah and how Allah is the one who's coming to your rescue, and how Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has does not wish slavery for you; that He wishes you to be in, that He wishes you to be free of any form of oppression, whether that be economic oppression or whether that be because of uh, because of enslavement, or even in terms of the greater oppression of what it meant. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Of what it meant uh in terms of from a spiritual standpoint of to worship idols. And so this initial community where they're drawing near to Allah, but it's very much there, there's a pull based upon their social condition. And so there during these days, the outer community, for the most part, they're not very hostile toward the Prophet to send them in a um in a in a major sense right those of course who are uh who are losing economically from in terms of from those slaves who are coming and wanting to be free there's a bit of an upset in the community there's a bit of a a kind of a, what we would literally call a grassroots um Rumbling that's happening, right? That the Prophet وسلم, that Muhammad والسلام, is teaching people a message that's giving them a level of uh of, of, of change of two aspects. Number one, it changes their the view of how they see themselves. Right? but even more importantly, how they see themselves in the world. So the, the nature of Islam is that of course, there's, a, there's first a, an identity check, right? Who am I? And this is happening on the top level and a bottom level. Like when we look at the case of Abu Bakr Siddiq, who someone who is very wealthy, someone who would be considered a billionaire during his time are actually a part of a social justice movement, right? That has a spiritual framework, that has a that has a, a spiritual framework and foundation, being a part of a community that also uh has those. Who are also lower in terms of status, social status, and so the fact that there's this this uh, this shift, right, that says that subhanAllah and the law of, in the in the eyes of Allah Azawajal, that this wealth that this money does not define you in a certain way. Right, it only gives you a certain level of responsibility, which, given uh, the, like the case of Abu Bakr Siddiq Allah Ta'ala, it gives the the concept of being an abdullah, right, a, a very new meaning. It gives the concept of being the servant of Allah uh, a, a a different responsibility, right, especially when one had never considered themselves the slave to anyone but a deep sense of now I'm because I am the slave of Allah that I have a high level of responsibility to humanity, right, a high level of responsibility to make sure that there is equality in the land, which speaks from it's different to say that for someone who is the underdog, right, to call them to say, you know, that you throw off the shackles of slavery and in the sense, in, in the, as we mentioned last week, I wanna be very clear, Again, that shackles of slavery in in sixth century Arabia is a very different call, right, than, than what it looked like to some degree, than what it looked like let's say in 21st century America, it's not necessarily, necessarily against white supremacy in that sense like throwing off the shackles of slavery is about actually I, I, have, the, I have a Lord who is empowering me. I have a Lord that, that protects me, that will provide for me. I have a Lord that, that recognizes that I'm more than just physical labor that basically it also is restoring a deep sense of hope for people. So on one side, right, there's a deep sense of responsibility. But on the other side, there's a deep sense of hope and responsibility um, to the self, right? And a deep responsibility to the understanding of Khilafah and Imama in a different way. And so again, there is this leveling of the playing fields. And so when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam initially, you know, is, is talked about in public space. He's considered somewhat of a, you know, a social justice reformist. He's a social reformist. He's seen as you know a bit of a nuisance or a nag, but not necessarily as a direct threat. Right? It's almost kind of like someone you know has a a thorn in your side, but he's not dangerous, right? He's not dangerous in, in a very large sense, which was how it was initially, as long for those six years uh, for the first six years of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi message that his community did not reach beyond 40 people. Which SubhanAllah wa bihamdihi SubhanAllah and Aleem, is is quite amazing. It's actually quite amazing. If we were to think about all of the, all of the Muslim families that we know throughout the world, all the Qur'an schools, from from Chicago to Afghanistan, to Somalia, to Australia, right, that across the globe, from from literally we could say in Gambia and in Senegal, even Quran schools, the Micah to Greensville Dress, you know, Micah Madrasa in Liverpool, UK, that all of these Muslims owe a deep sense of, of honor and respect, right, and homage. to a a small handful of Muslims that were less than 40 people. Like the level of clout even that Muslims experience in the world were initially upon the shoulders of a very small group of people and their sacrifice, Subhanallah. Again, forgive me for this cough that I have. And so looking at that, um, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again, initially was calling uh, for him to talk to his near his near relatives, but then there came, there comes a call, right? For the Prophet to then like go beyond, start calling your new relatives, right? The verses start getting revealed, start calling your, your kinsmen, right? Your clansmen, start bringing in the people from the tribe, the neighboring tribes, until so the Prophet Sallallahu one particular afternoon, is he's thinking about how is he going to call them, what's going to be his methodology, until so, Subhanallah he actually climbs Mount Safa, which for me is so um, beautiful, especially to, tonight. Right. So beautiful, uh, especially t- and the reason I mentioned tonight is because is that during these days of the right, for me, I'm always called to our mother Hajar and her running back and forth between the hills of Safa and Marwa and her going and climbing the top of the hill and having a deep certainty, a deep yaqeen, a deep ma'arifa, the day of knowing, the day where you will come to know. And so subhanAllah, for the Prophet, to now climb these same mountains that our mother Hajr climbed for saying that I know that Allah's blessing is near. I know that it's 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 right between these two hills, it's between Safa and Marwa. This stand, this climb of, of tawakul, this climb of reliance on Allah, this climb of sacrifice, of giving everything that she had, including her own life in this moment. For me and for you. I for this, for this, for this moment for the Prophet, sallam, to be able to climb it and be able to proclaim right, this stance where he, he stands on Mount Safa, and delivers just a small message. He starts to call out to the to the tribes, right? Obani Hashem. He starts to talk about Quran. he talks to the Quraysh. He talks to uh, um, Fihr, you know, Obani Fihri. He starts to call out to the different clans of Arabia and say, listen, gets their attention. He knows that they, there's a there's a deep sense of trust He's he's amin they've listened to him before this. So when he actually stops them and puts out a call, wait, Muhammad is about to say something, Allahumma salli ala habibina Muhammad. And he climbs Mount Safa, and he gives a shout out, calling them by their different clans. He says, I cannot guarantee you a security I cannot guarantee you a safety. I cannot guarantee you a success. He says, in this life, or in the hereafter, except if you say la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu <clears throat> Now, there's one from amongst them who gets so angry. Abu Lahab gets so angry when he hears the Prophet sallallahu saying this, like you've this what you called us for? You gathered our attention, right? You you stopped us in the middle of our, our marketplace work, right? To say this. And so he, he gets so upset. And there's a, there's like a, a, a um, when he makes this call, now there's some that ignore him. Like, oh, he's, you know, for the most part, they, they're thinking that the people who follow him, they're poor. They're destitute, you know, there are a few social people amongst them, but it's not, it's not a big deal until now these calls become not just I'm calling you toward Allah and His Messenger. But now when he comes and he mounts a safa, now he's calling and saying, These idols that you're worshiping, right? They cannot hear you, they cannot see you, they cannot benefit you. Now he's speaking against the idols and calling them to Tawheed. Because see, the thing about the Arabs is that <clears throat> they believed in Allah. There was not a question, right? That many of them, even with their different idols, would look to Azza wa They all still believed in Allah. And this is what we have to understand: is that it wasn't a matter of only saying, you know, it wasn't a matter of saying that Allah is your Creator. It's not a matter of saying that, you know, Allahu al-Khalaq. It's not a matter of just saying, come worship Allah, pray to Allah, even though there are a group that actually wanted to fight the Prophet and send them, when they had this small prayer off to the side, as we mentioned last week. There's a group, but it's this particular seed sign of it that caused people to start to uprise. It was the fact that, wait a minute, He's saying, la ilaha illallah. That there is no God. That these idols have no power. That your worship is useless. Not just worthless, but it's actually going to land you into the hellfire. It's not until the Prophet, alayhi, is actually detailing this, that now Mecca comes to a halt. Now we have a problem. We had an economic problem. Because if he is successful in this, right? If he is successful in this, then people will stop worshiping idols and they will stop coming to pay. They will stop coming for this hajj. And so SubhanAllah being very significant for us to be discussing this in this particular night is because SubhanAllah, this is, these are two things. Right? That now the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Is truly 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 Upon the way of Ibrahim That Ibrahim When he started To teach them listen These idols are worthless They mean nothing They have no benefit You're wasting your time You're wasting your money And if you don't stop you're going to hell which is now, this is going to affect our livelihood and, and so forth and so forth. And so it becomes very clear how the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi them, is imitating now, of course, following in this, the footsteps of Prophet Ibrahim Alayhi salam. And this call to Tawheed, how now it becomes dangerous, just as it became dangerous for our beloved Prophet and Father Ibrahim Alayhi salam, where now they wish they dig, that's when they, before, during the time of Ibrahim, they dug this big fire pit and burn the fire for days. Now they're looking like, okay, <clears throat> if he doesn't stop, we're gonna punish him. If he doesn't stop, we're going, to, we're going to wreak havoc. And so this meeting, this initial meeting that was called, of course, who is it? Abu Talib, the uncle of the Prophet who's amongst these, these meetings and just as he had said to his you know who said to his nephew continue what you're doing you will find me a protector you will find me someone who protects you he becomes this liaison trying to calm them down listen come on you know my nephew you knew him from before saying he's the same he's truthful he's kind he's trustworthy but then also going to the Prophet I send him and saying, like, is it possible for you to quiet this message? Is it possible for you to, you know, stop, like, the call to Tawheed specifically? Is it just, can you not, can, that's fine, you want us to worship Allah, fine, but don't condemn the idols. Don't say the idols are worthless and useless. And the Prophet Sallallahu said like, no, no, can't do that. So they come back and they try to bribe him. But as he said, if they put the sun in my right hand and the moon in my left, I can't abandon giving this call. I can't abandon this message. <clears throat> and now the tribes are upset because they realize he can't be bribed. You know, I, and I in their culture, everyone can be bribed, right? Everyone, just you need to give them a little money or a little power, a little clout, a little status or the right wife. The right, give them the right woman, they will change their mind. The Prophet sallam, says, I'm not says, inter- I'm not interested in your women. I, you can't make that claim against me. I'm not interested in you giving me money. I'm not interested in being your king. And this SubhanAllah, it's not far from this time that uh, Allah Azawajan sends the the the, the, the had to ask the Messenger of Allah he said, do you want to be a prophet king or a prophet slave, right? And he chooses. It's like I choose to be a prophet's slave. Allahu Akbar. Why? Why? Why choose this struggle? I, why choose the struggle? For me and you so that we don't think in order to be a good muslim that i've got to, to i've got to to hide this high high wealth and status in addition to the prophet sallallahu is saving us because he knows the pangs along the way he knows the pitfalls that come as a result sometimes of of, of you know of, of looking at this the prosperity gospel the prophet sallallahu is literally uh warning us against this particular doctrine like the pitfalls of it is that you may lose your faith thinking that you're trying thinking you're attaining it but you all in this case you commit a level of shirk and then of course a level of arrogance right a level of shirk where you're attaching your blessings from allah Jalla with the monetary with the monetary value that if i have this much money this much status this much power this much x y and z now i'm blessed by allah without thinking about the more internal matters that it's the it's the more in-depth reality of the human being it's the it's the it's the content of the soul is where the wealth lies in the iman in the taqwa in the bir in the piety in the in the in, in being conscious of allah and how much you serve humanity right? subhanallah subhanallah wa subhanallah azim so this this, this is a, a, deep, a, a deep shift for people. And so again, when we look at the life of the Messenger of Allah, we find uh, you know, when we see this shift when it happens. When the Prophet makes a shift in the message. And that shift in the message begins to prepare actually for what's coming next, which is <clears throat> Abu Talib, if you can't control him, if you can't get him intact. Right? If you can't, then we're gonna have to come up with, we're gonna boycott him. If he won't accept that, right? If he won't, if he won't accept the higher reality, then we will address him in the lower reality. So they begin the beginning talks about the boycott. Refusing to buy or to sell from them. Which means says, okay, we'll starve you out. Just like sent to Prophet, Nimrud, sorry, says to Prophet Ibrahim السلام, right? Nimrud says to Prophet Ibrahim السلام, uh, and I'm the one who gives life and death. So there's this belief. Now they're, they're saying we're going to enforce our power. Right? We're going to demonstrate our uh, you know, we're gonna demonstrate our power over you if you won't accept our bribe and our offer. Now we're going to tell you we could starve you out. We could we could actually cause you life or cause death. Subhallah. So, and so the believers are now um starting to be tested on a great on, on a great number of levels, as the names of who's following. As the names are, as as they're starting to pay attention, who's going and coming, who's with him, who's not with him. And then picking them apart, going to each of these family members and starting to uh, uh, harass them, the word, harass them and harm them. Now, the stakes are higher to be Muslim. Now the stakes are higher. One has to begin to, now it's like, OK. It's a it's different to say, I believe in Allah as he's giving me this hope and empowerment. Right now, that's being tested because people are being persecuted. To become Muslim is now a dangerous thing. It could cost you your life. Like in the case of Bilal ibn Rabat right? That as he's found, as Umayma finds out about his faith, as we know in the famous narration that happens during these days, is that subhanAllah, they start to apply a a deep level of pressure. He goes and he beats him mercilessly. And as he's beating him mercilessly, asking Bilal ibn Rabah to give up, right? To give up this belief. They then place his back against the hot burning sand and then on top of the burning sand, and I don't know if, if you know, but the desert can get to beyond 130 degrees. And so to the, the part that would really feel it, of course, is the sand, how hot it is. So to place his back against the sand and then to put a pressure for him that he can't move It's literally it's burning, ripping the skin off Bilal ibn Rabbah's back, burning him, and then taking a boulder, a hat, rock, and then putting it on his chest. So we talk about the pressure, we don't talk about the heat. And as he's applying the pressure, demanding that Bilal ibn Rabbah, radiallahu ta'ala an, give up this call, give up, hi, Allah. Now other people who are considering becoming Muslim have a big decision to make. Am I going, do I have the courage to stand up? Do I have the courage to endure? Do I love Allah enough to say that I'm willing to suffer Physical harm in order to say, La ilaha illallah Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and to follow him. Do I have that kind of faith? And so, subhanAllah, what happens again, as we talked about in the beginning, now Bilal and Murban, this moment, Radi Allah Ta'ala, is being elevated high in rank, that with each burn he feels, Allah is elevating him. And the Prophet wants to wants to teach us a huge lesson about what do you do with privilege? When this happens to you, what do you do when you sit in a position to be able to say, "Well, wow, that's really I mean, that's really it's really horrible." But you know, I, I wish I, I can make dua for him. Very similar to our days, right? Can we put our money where our mouth is? Can we, you know, we talk about? Uh, we talk about having empathy and sympathy, right? Can you pay the qurbani, the udhiyya and help someone take some, can you take, remove some of your wealth and give it to someone else? And so the Prophet says to Abu Bakr, go free your brother, go help him. And so when Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu and goes and demands how much for him? Nine. He's laughing. <laughs> He's laughing. Nine. 10 pieces of gold. Gives it. What could throw it? You have it. He laughs. He laughs. You will pay that much? We will pay that much for this miserable slave? He's laughing at him. You would pay that much for this miserable slave? But Abu Bakr knows uh, it's not what you see on the outside or what you've estimated from your view. So the way you view humanity is not the way I view humanity. What you see is worthless. I know how heavy he is on the scale. And as your status is lessening by paying for him, I'm getting, I'm getting more. My status is elevating but not from a worldly standpoint. And so SubhanAllah he laughs. You pay, you know, you give 10 for this miserable slave. I would have taken three. And Abu Bakr Siddiqui radiallahu ta'ala responds, I would have paid 300. I I would have have done whatever it took to prove to you who he is and and how Allah values him. Whatever it took. SubhanAllah. And so we begin to also see, we won't get into it this week, uh, but we begin to see, of course, other Muslims are being tortured, like our mother Sumayya, who's asked, right? Like if Bilal ibn Rabaa, as the pressure is is put upon his chest, and he's just crying out, Ahadu Ahad. Ahadu Ahad. Ahadu Ahad. Allah is one and alone, right? One and alone and sufficient for me. I will not, I will not abandon. I will not abandon Allah. I will not abandon his messenger line. alayhi wa them. I will not abandon this call. And so it goes literally, men, women, child, they don't care. If you are a threat to them, if you are a threat and, you know, to their belief, to their, I, you know, because this also says that you're, you're trying to replace us. You see in the in the streets of America, uh, during the insurrection, people were shouting, you will not replace us, you will not replace us. This was a deep fear of the Quraysh, right? Or the deep fear of, of the, the, the people of the time who did not, who decided not to follow the Prophet, the there was a deep fear of like, you will not replace us, right? Like, you, you are not going to become the people that, you know, your religion, your way is not going to replace us. And so there was a deep sense, like, as these numbers are growing, and who is amongst the crowd? So he's giving power and clout to those who've been considered lesser than us, who we viewed beneath us, who we viewed in a certain social status, a certain economic status, they're beneath us and now this religion is growing and just from that small faction, they're agitated, right? You will not replace us. And so it's not only Bilal ibn Rabat that they're willing to kill. Again, they go to our mother sumayyah, but I don't want to. Uh, go too far I don't want to get there just yet don't want to get there just yet and so alhamdulillah 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 uh, there's it's it's hard season during this time as I mentioned during the time of the prophet sallallahu alaihi where he goes and he's making this call this open call Look how Allah Azza wa Jal will turn a situation, will shift a situation that during this pilgrimage season where they're concerned you will not replace us. They're trying to prevent the hujaj at that time who are even coming to worship idols from, from listening to the Prophet. Like we have to stop them. Because if they don't stop, these people are going to leave, they are going to lose money. They, you know, they're concerned about it. So we have to prevent them. And so we have to be grateful to Allah Azza I want to end on this note. Grateful to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala for showing us how He will change the situation. That He made us, in this case, when we look at Mecca and Medina, SubhanAllah, the Fathen and Mubina, the opening that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi was given was not just the opening of Mecca, it's literally the turning of Mecca on its head. Is that not only were they replaced, but inside of Mecca, they were wiped out. They were removed and replaced with the chant of La inna ha inna Allah. Right? The people, the people of Hajar, the people of sacrifice, the original call, the original intent, the siddiq and the Ikhlas of climbing Safa remains. Qad the believers must win. And so, despite the apparent reality on a temporary scale on a temporary scale the proof that Allah is listening even if he answers your du'a 5000 years later even if he be even if the tree that grows right like the bamboo tree stays underneath the earth for 3 years right some say even longer <clears throat> than before it comes out That's subhanAllah, the stance of of our mother Hajar is about to be this this practice of what her and her son established in terms of tawaf around the Kaaba and establishing it for Allah's sake is becoming manifest for the end of like in a tawfiq manner, meaning it's going to happen to the end of time. I'm Lam Sari and Sahidina Habibina, Mona and Mohammed, or Anna Annihi, or Sahbihi, or Sanna. And so, with that being said, Insha'Allah will stop. Thank you for tuning in. Please consider becoming a monthly sustainer by joining 1,000 Hearts of Ta'lif and committing to give $3 a day to keep this work coming to seekers, youth, and newcomers to Islam. Sign up today at www.ta'lifcollective.org forward slash donate. We hope you enjoyed the variety of sessions available and hope you benefit immensely. Allah bless you and Allah bless your loved ones.